Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Showtime with Roman podcast. I'm your host with the most who likes to cook French toast from the east to west coast, Roman RBC, and we are back. We are ready to rock. We are ready to rumble. We are ready to do whatever we have to do to get this podcast up off the ground and on a consistent basis because Lord knows that I haven't been particularly good at that. Noting my hiatus since August of last year and plenty of hiatuses in between uh, the last episode and the episode before that and the episode before that. Um, but we are ready to go. Let's call this the Easter Sunday of the Showtime with Roman podcast. Uh, it's resurrected. It's come back from the dead. It's alive. Don't worry, I haven't gone anywhere. As most of you know who have been following me on social media since that last podcast last year. Or I believe I talked about uh, Joker. But, um, you know, what What a journey. What a long journey it's been uh, since I last podcasted. Lots of uh, disappointment. Lots of excitement. Lots of movies. Lots of sports. Lots of games. Video games. I love video games. Um, lots of reading. I, I've been reading a lot. And now we're back. We're back to this. This Whatever this podcast is. What what is it going to be? I don't know. What do you want it to be? Maybe we'll get to that later. But we are here. We're sitting down. We're relaxing uh, with my brand new laptop that I had purchased for my birthday that's coming up on Wednesday. Happy birthday to me, 24 years young. Um, but, man, I have just been dying and itching and scratching at the door to get back into it. Um, because I have so much on my mind. There's so much going on in the world right now between COVID, between protests, between presidents, politics, movies. Will there be movies in a theater ever again? Uh, apparently there has been this weekend in California as far as I know. But, man, what a just crazy last couple months and entire year in general. Um, there's just There's just way too much to talk about, way too much to even cover in the 20 minutes or 15 minutes I even want to spend, you know, introducing you guys again uh, to the podcast and just getting back into the swing of things. Um, but first and foremost, where have I been? Well, I've been exactly where I've always been, my room. I don't really leave this place often unless it's for work, to visit Joanne, to visit places to eat and since movies no longer exist in a theater right now in Arizona there's nowhere else for me to really go um, and especially considering that a lot of places are still closed down out here due to uh, the Rona but um, I've experienced a lot you know I, I feel like the last year alone um, has been a real or last like six months has been a real big wake-up call I think America's getting to that wake-up call eventually. They're still hitting the snooze button a little bit. But eventually they're going to wake up because that alarm's going to get annoying, um, I'm sure, hopefully. Uh, but for myself, you know, I've I've really experienced a lot. Um, I've experienced um, death, unfortunately. I've experienced um, life. I've experienced love. I've experienced a lot of things. And the latter half of last year was probably the best couple months I've, I've had in my life in a long time. Um, and not only were movies really good and finally back on track after a really bad first half of the year, but our first three quarters of the year, but everything just sort of fell into place. When I recorded my last podcast back in August, 
Um, I had tried out and taken a big risk at, at this new job with cellular sales with Verizon, um, where you're basically a salesman, you know, with phones and stuff like that. Simple stuff. You dress nice, you look nice, you feel nice. And, um, I trained for about a week and then they let me go due to lack of sales experience and life experience as if the interview didn't tell them that. But, um, at first, obviously I was really hurt by it cause it was one of my, the only big risks I've ever taken. I'm not a big risk taker. Um, I am ambitious, but I don't really follow through on a lot of ambitions. No projects, written projects I've started, video projects I've started and failed to complete. Um, and at first I was really bummed out because I was really hoping this was going to be a massive opportunity for me to really go and take the next big step in my life as a young 20 year old male. And, um, with someone that is, you know, I'm engaged at this point and I still am and plan to be until we get married, obviously by the end of the year. And, this was a big leap for me, and then it kind of just bit me in the ass, and I was really surprised, really upset. Um, and I think in the end, though, because a couple weeks later, I went back to Jimmy John's, which was my first job, um, and things have been going pretty okay there, pretty well for the most part, I'd say. And noticing that my strengths lie in a place that I didn't really see until I had failed. I don't know if failed is the right word. Um, but until I realized that, you know, I kind of counted my chickens before they hatched. Um, and I was really hoping and banking on that job because it pays extremely good money. But once I realized and got back into management at Jimmy John's, I realized that a lot of my strengths are there after a while. And I was happy. I still am happy. I get paid decently enough. Um, for a you know $13 an hour job but people like working with me I like working with the people I work with um, and I think that you know discovering that and sort of realizing that you know things aren't always going to go your way you know you're going to eventually find something in the end that perfectly suits what you're looking for perfectly suits you and I'm just really happy that it kind of worked out and is working out, you know, and thankfully I have a lot of really supportive people I work with that I can relate to about a lot of things. And here I am, you know, and and I'm back and I'm, I'm ready to rock and ready to rumble, like I said, at the top. Um, what else? What else has been going on? Nothing else too much. Just been kind of living life, watching a lot of movies as much as I can anyways. Been playing lots of video games. Uh, completed two massive um, franchises in video game history. That is uh, Dark Souls and Devil May Cry. I still need to beat Sekiro for the Dark Souls franchise, but after beating those games back to back to back to back, let me tell you, the mental frustration, exhaustion was just at an all-time high. And not only are all of them really good, Dark Souls 2 is a little weak, but still quite good. Um, and after experiencing all that, it was just like, oh my God, like, I don't even know if I can endure Sekiro cause it's so different. It's so wildly different from dark souls. So eventually when I get back to that, I'm hoping I'm able to beat it and overcome my frustrations with some of the game. Um, but, uh, devil may cry, great franchise, really fun. Just an absolute blast. Start to finish devil may cry two is easily one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. Um, but the rest of them are quite good and quite exceptional. 
Um, so uh, I'm just really happy I finished those. Working on Assassin's Creed right now, Ratchet and Clank 2016, in uh, light of the the new game being announced for PlayStation 5 at launch, which looks amazing. I think that if anyone really wants to get a good idea of what the PS5 is going to be able to offer based off the presentation the other day, it's that demo right there because you can just notice how seamless everything looks and how beautiful it looks. You can notice that, you know, the reflections off the ground look even sharp and defined and beautiful and not like these weird hodgepodge of colors that you would normally see. Uh, not to mention that these, this, you know, Ratchet and Clank are bouncing from world to world or planet to planet. And it's happening in the blink of an eye with no load screens whatsoever. And it, feels fluid and, and amazing and it looks great and i can't wait to play it and there's so much commotion too because you have to think that when you load into a new world like textures have to load characters have to look all these things have to load in and when it happens in this demo and obviously it's engineered to look that way for the presentation but you have to keep in mind that they're sony's been pretty consistent with selling a really good product um based on what they uh what they initially show us so um, but it just looks amazing. It just looks amazing. The console looks amazing. I'm sure it's probably going to be like $600 or something uh, because it's basically the next generation of gaming seems like lower end PC or basically mid end PCs. Um, so I'm really excited for the future of gaming and I'm hoping I have enough money and there's enough consoles to buy when it comes out. If it even comes out this year based on, uh, again, COVID and how that has just taken the world by storm. Um, but uh, what else? Um, I experienced death, um, a while ago, went back to Illinois amidst all the crazy coronavirus stuff and it's really bad there. Um, but it just would not have been okay for me to not get that closure I desperately needed. Um, and you know, it was good for the family. It was good to visit family and see family. The circumstances sucked. Um, but you know, let me tell you, like, I still think about it often, obviously, because it's so recent and it's so affecting, but, and it's not something I'm like saying that I recommend you do this because obviously that's very strange to recommend, but if there is an opportunity for you in your life at any point to be there for someone and with family as they're, the person you're there for is passing away, try not to not be there because I don't want to say that all of a sudden I have like this completely new outlook on life and value valuing time family all these things but watching someone you love very much um take their final breaths is eye-opening it's life-changing it, it really is like it just in how you sort of perceive just how you go who you go with because you know a lot of people say oh i'm gonna die alone like i promise you like a lot of people aren't you're not gonna die alone there's people that love you and there's people that want to be there for you um and seeing that and feeling those emotions is something that you never think about feeling up until those moments when you're there um so just being able to experience something like that was was just one heartbreaking of course um but two very cathartic in a lot of ways to know that this person that you love is finally free um, of this pain of the stranglehold of the world 
um, of the craziness of it. And um, they now are, they're now free. They're just free from everything. Uh, Everything's been lifted off their shoulders, off their chest. Um, And that's just important. And to be able to see that is um, quite the experience. So um, if there's ever that opportunity there to know that someone's going to be taking their last breaths, I would I would definitely make sure not to turn away and run away from that because um, it it'll hurt it'll hurt really bad, but I, I promise you it'll it'll definitely help you um, in in the end. Um, so, anyways, what else? I mean, I I don't want to keep this too long. This is the introduction. We're back. We're we're we're, we're getting back into the swing of things. Um, but topic one, let's just do a topic. And we're going to talk about Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, uh, premiered on Netflix yesterday, um, June 13th. Well, actually, I believe I'm uploading this Sunday, so two days ago. Whenever I'm uploading it, it just premiered on June 13th. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a relatively, now I'm going to say a big Spike Lee fan because I haven't seen a lot of his smaller stuff yet. Um, but of the stuff that I've seen have been very, very strong easily some of the strongest movies I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen about a handful. I think I've seen about five or six off the top of my head. Inside Man, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, uh, Black Klansman, and I think I've seen one more, but I'm, it's escaping me. But um, The Five Bloods um, takes place uh, in present day and in 1974. Uh, during the Vietnam War, or sorry, not 1974, but during the Vietnam War, um, following this group of the Five Bloods, um, five black men uh, sent into uh, Vietnam to retrieve, I believe, uh, this case, or this case filled with gold uh, on this plane, and uh, they find it, and events happen, and now the modern day version of those characters are traveling back to find their friend that passed away during the, that time and to retrieve the gold. Um, we all know Spike Lee. We know who he is. We know his personality. We know his quirks. Um, and he's one of the f- greatest personalities, boldest personalities in Hollywood today. Um, not only just outside of making movies, but with making movies themselves. Amidst all of the protests across the world in support of Black Lives Matter, against police brutality, um, here in America and overseas as well, um, Do the Right Thing is a movie that really just is amazing. Basically, the way I'm phrasing it now is like, Do the Right Thing is the best movie to come out in 2020 that came out 30 years ago. And um, that just says how relevant the movie is. Um, Now, this isn't exactly about, obviously, this isn't about Do the Right Thing, but to five bloods you know it, it does a lot of those things that do the right thing does where it it feels like this older movie it feels it feels old like it just feels like it's got an age to it like but and that might have to do with the, with its cast of characters of course but there's something about it that obviously maintains its relevancy and that something about it is its unsubtleties it, it is spike lee saying hey wake up dude what are you doing, America? Look at what's happening before your eyes. You know, broaden your horizons, broaden your perspectives. Because when I watched Do the Right Thing, I think it was one of the first movies of his. I'd, I think I saw after Black Klansman or right before. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But when I watched it, I was inspired. 
and I was taken aback by its provocativeness, by its challenge. Like I feel like it was one of those movies that, in experiencing movies and in, in my journey for the last couple of years, it's one of the first movies that actively challenged me, like came face to face with me and said, "What are you gonna do about it?" You know, this is me. This is who I am. This is the movie that you're watching, and I was like, "Wow!" Like I feel empowered, but I feel like I have a f- sense of guilt for maintaining complicit you know being complicit with certain actions and the five bloods tends to do stuff like that as well where it does present this very broad strokes extremely broad but amidst all those broad strokes there is a fine layer of precision to how he chooses to direct the story just visually i mean newton thomas siegel's cinematography is unlike any war film i've ever seen it truly it is aggressive it is blunt it is violent but there's this i hate saying this phrase but there is this haunting beauty to it there's something very terrifying and very haunting about coming to grips with the ghosts of your past now obviously like oh no this is like every war film oh my god i've seen it so many times saving private ryan fury empire of the sun whatever it is there's something different about this movie because the way that it reaches out and grabs empathy with just these very careful hands towards black people and showing here's what America did to them, has been doing to them, and was doing long before the events of the Vietnam War, how they abused how they abused them by forcing them to go overseas and to fight a war that no one had any business being in. And the movie starts with Muhammad Ali, you know, that that big iconic speech where he was, you know, denying, like, why should I go fight for a big, powerful America against an enemy that has never wronged me, that has wronged us? And I'll get more into it in my review. I'm working on it. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. I have a lot on my mind. Uh, in regards to the movie, but it's just this very powerful, provocative movie that is just so wicked sharp, um, and it's just so emblematic of Spike Lee as a filmmaker because it is a little messy, and sometimes there's these strange tonal shifts, editing shifts, but I found myself getting teary-eyed on multiple occasions because of the power of the filmmaking, because I was watching something that felt old, that felt ancient, that we shouldn't be experienced or or that black people shouldn't be experiencing these things today because of what America forced them into. It's, it's just truly amazing. I mean, personally, now that I think about it, I used to think I was a better speaker than I was a writer. Uh, Now I fully full fudge believe that I'm a better writer when I'm trying to articulate how I feel about a movie. But I I still think that you guys just need to check it out. It's two and a half hours. It's a little on the longer side. Um, but it's just so beautiful, man. It, it, it really is. It's just such a beautiful movie, an aggressive movie, uh, a painful movie. But uh, Spike Lee has just done it again. Um, it, two of his last two movies, Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, uh, have just done a really beautiful job of uh, showing us that those with an open mind are really able to see that your experience in America is dramatically different from someone else's. Um, Not just now, not just what's happening in 2020 and 2018 and 2016, 
but what has been happening for well before that for decades centuries on end um and giving that recognition to people who have also fought for this country if anything i think this movie you know says a lot to the people that say you know respect our troops when those people that are saying respect our troops when it comes to kneeling during the national anthem aren't respecting the people of color that were oppressed and were also troops and we're also fighting for this country um so check out the five bloods it's an amazing movie it's the best movie of the year um i there obviously it's kind of hard to watch a lot of movies right now because they're going direct to v- vod um for a pretty hefty price tag that a lot of people won't split with me to you know make it a te- basically a ten dollar admission ticket um and with everything being delayed it's just been kind of hectic but uh it's an amazing movie it, it's just incredible uh definitely recommend it uh, topic two, we'll try and keep this one short and sweet because, well, I mean, the future of movie theaters, guys, what's going to happen? We know that AMC, I believe, opened up a couple places in California or California allowed movie theaters to reopen. Um, and I think I have a friend on my friend's list in a couple spaces where they went this weekend and were basically saying they were the only one there, which doesn't surprise me. But um movie theaters what is the future of them it's hard to say but my personal standing on this is as someone that has been practicing a lot of safety precautions regarding the coronavirus i think that people shouldn't feel ashamed for going if they open back up as long as they're following safety precautions as long as theaters are because if theaters are opening up with limited seating i mean I, have, I find it hard to believe that a lot of people would try and shame others for wanting to participate simply because, well, I mean, it's not really their business. And if they're taking the proper precautions, then let them do what they got to do. Obviously, here in Arizona, we have now reached a massive spike in COVID cases. Um, and a lot of people say, well, it was the protests in Phoenix. But a lot of smarter people would say, how about all the bars that opened up, the nightclubs, the chilies, the TGI Fridays, wherever else you want to go sit down and eat? What about all those places that opened up that people seem to forget about to fit their narrative? You know what I mean? So the movie theaters, I mean, they're obviously a crowded space. A lot of people go. It gets pretty hectic, you know. Um, but I find I'm finding it every day harder to believe that we're going to live in reality where movie theaters are going to be around. Um, at, at least from the way we knew them. I think that once we, there's a vaccine for this thing, I think it's going to get a lot easier. And once our bodies build an immune system to fight it better, I think that it's going to be a lot of, a lot easier. Um, but for movie theaters right now, it's just totally unsafe to completely open simply because a lot of people are going to get punished. A lot of people are going to get hurt. Um, simply from being sick from a disease we still don't fully understand yet. New things are coming out every day from the CDC about masks and about touching things and how the coronavirus sticks or doesn't stick to objects, you know, stuff like that. So it's just a messy scenario. Um, I really desperately want to go back to a movie theater. This a month ago. It was the longest I'd been since I haven't been to a movie theater. Um, and, and now it's even longer and it's getting grueling. I've basically tried to emulate it best I can here with my TV, my beakers, my subwoofers, my 4K player, whatever it is. 
but there's just nothing like going to the movies and I just cannot freaking wait to get back. Um, and I'm hoping that tenant at the end of July is the one that gets us back in there. Cause that would be quite the narrative. That'd be quite the story. Um, so that does it for the topics for today. Uh, a couple things before we go. Um, what would you like to hear in the podcast? Because I've had this conversation with myself, the battle within and other people as well. My podcast is kind of a mess. It has a semblance of an identity, but not a full one. And that's probably because I myself am kind of an identity crisis. Do I want to be like this political minded person that posts about politics every time? Do I want to talk about video games and movies and entertainment and pop culture? Yeah. Do I have something to say, though, about a lot of things going on outside of that? Yeah. Can I merge those things? I don't know if I'm smart enough or capable of doing that. But what is this podcast going to be? And I think a lot of that, and I hate to put the stress on you guys, comes down to you. Because we we all interact pretty well. I've talked to a lot of you in DMs, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, PlayStation, in person, whatever it may be. Whatever you want to hear, let me know. Let me know what you would rather me talk about. Now, I don't want to adhere just to one person. But if more people message me or comment uh, uh, on the podcast episode for this week and let me know, like, hey, this is what I would like to hear, I can get a collective interest from you guys so that I can understand what direction my podcast can be heading in. Do I need to rebrand? Do I need to rename the podcast? What do I have to do moving forward? Right? So it this is a group effort. And one of my big things when I initially started even thinking about podcasting a while ago is... I need guest interaction because to me, I'm I'm just one dude. I'm just another young 20-year-old white dude who has something to say about movies. What's more important to me and what I think is more important to listeners is what other people have to say. You guys read my reviews. You guys read my posts. But a lot of people, you know, they have a lot of smarter things to say, better than I probably could. And so for me... Getting people on and talking about specific topics regarding, you know, perspective in movies, race in movies, color in movies, um, music in movies. How do we understand storytelling from this perspective, that perspective, um, pirating, just all sorts of topics. And we can even go to stuff beyond that if you guys want to. So when it comes to guests, I, whenever I record a solo episode, it's going to be through Audacity. If I were to bring guests on, I'd have to do it through Anchor. But the problem with recording through Anchor is that the audio isn't quite as sharp. Okay? Because, well, I don't have the technology to do everything I want to do with guests, you know, through Audacity, through Skype, through Zoom, whatever the hell it is. Right? I don't have that technology quite yet. Or the money. So, if we record through Anchor, it's easy, it's seamless, we can get in and out and under... 30 minutes to 40 minutes and the audio won't be as good but i'll have someone on to talk if you guys would rather hear me talk i can always do it by myself through audacity which i'm doing right now right so that's just something to think about um i would love to hear back feedback is important constructive criticism is important i value it greatly um obviously as a lot of you know based on you know how i was 
before my younger self my my uh uh worst half the worst part of my life when i was definitely more of an asshole when i was definitely someone that was a little more arrogant than i probably am now but um yeah uh how you can how can you participate you can participate by commenting you can participate by messaging me by following me on all social me- social media platforms through facebook twitter don't really use instagram um letterboxd which is a big one for me um and uh we'll we'll just go through there uh roman rbc on all of those uh instagram is roman rbc one um and then that's pretty much it uh also you can find the podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and various other places as well that you listen to your favorite podcast app hopefully this one makes it amongst those ranks um, but I don't really have much else to offer for this week. I'm just really happy to get back into the swing of things. And hopefully this laptop does uh, wonders for me in the future, because God, I have a lot on my mind and I want to share it with all of you. Um, and I want to share it with you. And I would like to talk about things with you, um, whenever I can and to um, use any outlet or platform I can to be able to talk to you guys, because, um, I'm just, once again, just this lone dude who is usually just chilling in his bedroom, thinking about shit, writing about shit, playing video games, watching movies. Um, so thank you guys once again for listening to this episode of the Showtime with Roman podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate all your support over the last few months. Um, all the kind words, all of the inspiration, all of you are so incredibly valuable to me and I love all of you. Um, so thank you once again for listening to the podcast. This is your host Roman RBC who cannot actually cook French toast whatsoever. I'm a terrible cook. In fact, Um, I had a hard time turning on the oven the other day just to make some uh, rice broccoli cheese mixture with instructions on it. So um, if you need a PB&J, I got you, though. Um, So this is another episode of Showtime with Roman Podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day, night, evening, wherever you may be. I'll see you in the future.